Welcome to this episode of the 9420 Podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate. Don't Stop Believing is your go-to karaoke song, and it has been for years. But listen, you can always change it if you need to. And you don't have to think the ways you've always thought about politics, religion, or romance. Just because those were the ways you were always taught to think. You might think about getting a hobby, maybe even quitting your job. You don't have to do the things that you have always done And you don't have to be the one you've always been Just because you spent your whole life being them It's optional Welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast that was clothing optional by swimwear department. Hi, Carl and Greg. How are you both doing? Hello, Nicole. And hello, um, Gregory. 
Did we lose him already? No, we're still there. He's probably a little mad at us because we mixed his mad. idea. He's brooding. <laughs> He's brooding. <laughs> I like those guys. They're like, you know, I don't know why I like it, but I just love that. Yeah. I love like, hey, you want to fit in? Go to the fitting room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to change? Go to the changing room. <laughs> That's love- perfect, you know? That's great. Very uh, kind of 80s punk influenced. Uh, I, I really liked it a lot. Well, and what's funny too, when they, because they submitted to us, they found us, they Googled and somehow we popped up that we're a podcast that you can submit your music to. We all huh. thought that they were like spam and a joke just because their band name is Swimwear Department. <laughs> I know. And it, I and love it. It took, a, it took us a minute about for... It. For us to realize, like, oh no, like they're actual artists and their music is actually really good. So yeah, it's very cool. Big sense of humor, which I love. And and when you're doing that kind of stuff, it's uh, are they actually a band? A band like they they actually they go out and play this stuff live. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I would love to see these guys live. Reminds me of a friend of mine. If they come to Nashville or New York, we definitely got to go see them. It it reminds me of a friend of mine that I would like to turn them on to. They probably don't know about. His name is Tim Carroll. He had a band in the 80s called Gizmos, and he's lived in Nashville, and he's played in Nashville for 25, 30 years. But uh, Tim Carroll writes these really smart, really funny, kind of clever odes to everyday things, and uh, they would probably really dig it. Anyway, so I I have a new thing. A new thing that has nothing to do with music industry, which is like, seems like we're getting further and further away from the music. <laughs> because there is no music industry. <laughs> anyway, so, so I have a new, a, a new little segment that I want to introduce. It's going to be called Carl's Observations. <laughs> oh. What, what do you think? It has nothing to do with the music industry. So this, this could is, be fun or terrifying. Well, I, well I, this is my first observation. It's, it's useless, but it's an observation. I've well, reali- good. At least you. I've realized, that. and tell me what you think of this. I've realized as I've gotten older, I use more spoons than forks. I don't use many forks anymore. That's an odd observation. I notice that because I look at my, I look at my, you know, you know the the thing in your sink where you put your clean your your silverware yeah. you by the dish rack, whatever. When I was younger, I used forks a lot. Now all I see in there are spoons. <laughs> are so- you on the? <laughs> Soft food diet too, like a toddler. (laughs) I'm just because everything is. I use so. Well, I think I'm using. I think forks are more dangerous. I really do for older people. So basically, you're telling me you're becoming a child again because forks are are terrifying for toddlers to use. It's just I've noticed. I'm eating. I eat good, but I'm I'm using more more spoons. That's it. (laughs) I'm using more chopsticks. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, how about you, Greg? You, got, you still use the same amount of forks? I, utensils. I, have not, I have not made that observation about myself, but I will say this. At the risk of being even more boring, I will say that I'm so into mindfulness these days that I will track the swirl of cream at the top of a coffee cup. You know, I mean, I'm that mindful. So I would have noticed had I had an increased propensity to use a spoon versus a fork. I think I'm 50-50 at this point. But you know, but you know, it's weird too. This is another weird thing though that doesn't go inside. I hate soup. (laughs) So I don't know, what am I using a spoon for? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. Speaking of uh, interesting band names, I think I Hate Soup would be a good one. Maybe they could open for a swimwear department. Yeah. We're going to start like a, a 94 Palooza. You know, we'll have like the, oh. the Wombat Zombies. I think our guys this week would 
very much appreciate uh, all these bands that we talk about that, hey, hey, you know, secretly they don't really exist, but I think they could appreciate it. We've had some complaints previously about these fantastic acts, Wombat Zombies. I love talking about those bands, and I Hate Soup was formed by when the Wombat Zombies kicked that drummer out. Well, right, he started, I he, he started I Hate Soup. Yeah, he started I Hate and, Soup. And now I think about it, if you think about it, Swimmer Department can headline. I think they can probably headline. Yeah, man. That's a cool name. So anyway, any anything on, is there anything music? Oh wait, we it was the about? so no, we, we can't forget the Boogaloo Bicycle Benders. Oh, the Boogaloo, Boogaloo, right, right, the Boogaloo, Boogaloo Bicycle, bicycle Benders. Benders. Do you have any observations? Does anyone have one? And that was Carl's observations. <laughs> 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 Let's close the door for everyone. Carl's yeah. observations. <laughs> Seal that shut. Never let that yeah. open again. <laughs> So I know you both are probably not even going to like this, but I love Ted Lasso. The series finale happened yesterday. And unbeknownst to me, I found out Ed Sheeran wrote a song that's featured in the series finale just for Ted Lasso. So got a little bit of clout there. Just putting it out there. I know he's not your favorite, but. It's not even so much I hate his music. I just can't stand looking at him. <laughs> When I go to the concert this summer, I'm going to send the group chat so many pictures of Ed close up. So is it a leading indicator that I am getting old that I have not seen one minute of this Ted Lasso thing? Okay, so... It means you just don't have Apple TV. Yeah, and here's the thing. I probably didn't watch it until the second season only because everyone was watching it and saying, oh my gosh, Ted Lasso is so amazing. You have to watch Ted Lasso. And that immediately turned me off to it. And then I turned it on one day with my husband because we were both at that point a little curious, but I didn't think I was going to like it. And we binged watched that first season in like two days. It's that good. It's just, it's okay. funny. And it's lighthearted comedy. This is my, this is my thing. It's is, only available at Apple? Uh, oh, yeah, 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 only available at Apple. But you know what? In reality, is, is any of this shit really that good? It's just TV. You know, is is it's just a TV show about these soccer guys. It's kind of funny. It's it's watchable. Time goes by. It's not like I'm I'm in, I'm enthralled by this. Wow, I can't wait to see what happens. It's like you just it's just something you can look at. Well, and I think too, it came about during COVID or right around COVID. So I think it was also that factor of there's nothing else to do. So what else should we watch type mentality? Like we're all stuck inside. So what else do we have to do? I have a question for you, Greg. Being you being the literary mind of the group. Oh, I don't know the, that that's true. But what's the difference between mindfulness and mindlessness? Mindlessness is would be where you're you know you're not. You're not actually thinking of anything in particular. Mindful is you're not thinking of anything in particular, but you're focusing your senses to direct your mind to relax, basically. You know, mindlessness is just like random thought. Well, quite honestly, so I can meditate, so I can watch mindless TV, and in reality, I am like, I'm relaxing. My, mm -hmm. my, my mind well, my mind is shut off. It's not really doing anything. You're just watching some stupid lame TV show, and I'm and I'm content and I'm not really stressed. I think, it's, but 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 it's not mindfulness because you you know you're using the same set of sensory inputs. You might be able to get lost in it, but that's not really mindfulness. Mindfulness is more about the state of relaxation you can achieve by focusing on your senses. 
how about we listen to another single by swimwear department to maybe liven us up a little bit oh that's okay awesome i want to see what they have to say (laughs) what are you gonna play all right so we're gonna play swim up bar but before we listen to that we're gonna give bongo java one last time to truly become the unofficial official sponsor of this podcast okay i was there last week this episode is officially unofficially sponsored by bongo java bongo java the birthplace of the 9420 podcast while Bongo Java got its start a year earlier than 9420 in 1993, in 1994, Carl and Greg's relationship got started. And in 2020, Carl and Greg visited Bongo Java to create this podcast that you listen to. For more information on Bongo Java, go to bongojava.com. My favorite band. This is my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is that, great. You know, Designated very, dr- diver very at the people. swim bar. Right. <laughs> very, very few people understand the zeitgeist of uh, leisure, right? And swim up bars are uh, very much. I've been to one in Acapulco, though, where you get in the pool and there's. There you go. <laughs> the designated, yeah. It's funny, the designated driver of the swim up bar. <laughs> And that sound, man, that that like lead like oh, kazoo oh, keyboard. Oh, 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 oh. 
Yeah, it's, these uh, guys are great, man. Yeah, it, it, people really shouldn't consume a lot of alcohol and navigate the um, the waterways. The, pools, <laughs> the way the waterways. Well, well, they, they, the way they do. I think during the and they have those seats too. They, they, no, it's not even yeah. seats anymore. It's swim up stools. Like they have like a, stools yeah, like that you a can stool. sit on. Yeah. Right, and, and you're still half. Oh, yeah. You're still half in the pool. Kind of cool, cool concept. No, I've right? done it. So. Yeah, I did it. You know, and I've like, done it many times. And like, Always yeah, yeah, I, I imagine. <laughs> I imagine they must have like a. I guess the bartender has to be a lifeguard. <laughs> and they, well, I probably they probably need to have some sort of. Oh, I wonder. I wonder if there was a, a statistic of like drownings. I've been to a few. <laughs> I I always felt as if the bar in the pool kind of got in the way of my drinking. I was a serious drinker, <laughs> so, you know, yeah. it's like, I'll just go to the regular right. bar. It's, and, it's, you know. it's mixing too many activities. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was kind of, I was expert at falling off the regular bar stools. I don't need the pool to, uh, you know, promote my... Uh, Whatever. So we didn't we speak to these, <laughs> yeah. these guys? We did. We asked the swimwear department our questions of the week. Okay. So the first question that we asked them is to tell us a little bit about themselves. Swimwear Department is a band from Houston, Texas that only does songs about swimming pools and shopping malls. We have a really cool origin story. So usually, you know, musicians will get together and jam, maybe talk about influences. And then when they're getting ready to play their first show, they'll come up with a name because you got to have a name, right? So swimwear is different because uh, the name came first. So I used to do improv comedy with this guy, Ned Gale, who would eventually become our bassist. And uh, he was doing this thing where he would get band names from people and then draw an album cover and then sort of imagine the band and then create the music of the band. And I was a teacher on summer break. thought this sounded like a good way to spend my time. And so I got a... Some friends at a show a couple nights later to give me some band name suggestions. I took the top three to Ned and let him pick. He picked swimwear department. That was five years ago. And we still keep writing songs about malls and pools. We're about to put out our second album called The Poolest of the Mall. I guess the other thing that makes us special is from day one, we've been focused on trying to have really fun shows. So as I was writing the first batch of, of songs and making demos for this hypothetical band called Swimwear Department, I envisioned these concerts where almost every song had at least one moment where the, the crowd could sing along or shout or do some kind of group choreography together. And it feels like I just dreamed this thing up and then the dream came true. Yeah, I really like this guy. Yeah. yeah, this is perfect to me. Yeah. This is so down our alley. I mean, I've experienced all those things, too. In the late 70s, when I went to college, uh, my buddies and I, we created a band that didn't exist other than just to hype it. In those days, we had these newsletters. We called them music rags. And there was a, there was a music rag in Nashville called the Nashville Intelligence Report. And we just hated everything they ever talked about. And so we were pretty uh, egotistical at the time. So we thought to ourselves, well, we wonder if we could promote a band 
that actually everybody would get excited about, but it wasn't really a band and there wasn't any recording. It didn't even exist, And right. they had never played live and the whole bit. Well, we created this band called Go Jimmy Dub, and it ended up being we played two or three times. We made some recordings. It was really ridiculous, and um, I feel like they're right there. Well, it's kind of like what we we're doing. Been on it's like with, with the Wombat zombies. zombies and the Boogaloo Bicycle Blenders. Exactly, but these bands, if you're creative enough, these bands sometimes come into reality because you're just having so much fun with the concept of them. Maybe Matt and the rest of the swimwear department band knows some people who want to be the Wombat Zombies or the Boogaloo Bicycle Benders. You never know. And did I catch his, like, you know, turn of phrase, the poolest of them all? Yeah, the poolest of them all is their next album. <laughs> yeah. The coolest of them all? Yeah. Like, that's, that's great. These guys are great. The poolest of them all. And I'll tell you one thing, so yeah. our next question is what? Oh, our next question is, what music artists have inspired their career so far? Bet, this I'll should be good. a million dollars, uh, she will not be named, is going to be a... Is, is, <laughs> yeah, 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 she's probably right. on That's it. not going right. to She's probably not a reference. <laughs> that ain't going to happen. But you know what? But knowing these guys, she might be. How funny would that right. be? Yeah, right. Exactly. Two of us come from a real ska punk background, and the other two are more sort of singer-songwriter influenced. Uh, but I think the one artist that we can all agree has had the biggest impact on us is an American singer-songwriter who started professionally songwriting at 14 and has now sold over 200 million records. She's one of the best-selling musicians, the most streamed woman on Spotify, and the only act to have five albums with over one million copies sold in the U.S. She's in Rolling Stone's 100 Greatest Songwriters of All Time, Billboard's Greatest of All Time Artists, The Time 100, and The Forbes Celebrity 100. Taylor Swift has 12 Grammy Awards, including three <laughs> Album of the Year wins, a Primetime Emmy Award, 40 American Music Awards, 29 oh Billboard Music God, Awards, 12 Country ridiculous. Music Association Awards, and 92 Guinness World Records. Listen, but listen, more than the artists that inspire us i think the thing that that drives our creative process is the limitations we put on ourselves whether this be uh jeremy's limiting his palette of keyboard sounds or uh you know our commitment to only writing songs about swimming pools and shopping malls uh one of the most interesting limitations is the bass tone so the bass guitar is always crunchy in most of our songs and um yeah so when i started recording demos for this i had a drum machine and a bass i don't know where all my guitars were um if they needed strings or they were in storage but that's all i had and when i plugged in to my daw it, it was garage band and the default guitar and bass track setting is a vox ac30 emulator with an overdrive pedal on it and I just sort of was like, fine. And that was the sound of the bass for all of the demos. Still is. Okay, we spoke that into existence first off. We just need to keep our mouths shut the next time. That's, is that bizarre? That's hilarious. I think... That's I, fun. I, th I mean, they probably know that we... I think, he, yeah, he, I think, I think he's listening us. to our thing and, and he's goofing on us because he knows that. Yeah. Because he that's literally like, said all of her accolades. I hope so. But that's so funny. Really excellent. 
And then I love the idea that the sound of the recordings <laughs> are influenced by their limitations, and they literally have made recordings with the default settings <laughs> on the, on the, I just left it there. I love it. I love it. This is Whatever's great. on, we just plug that in and use that. I'm a big fan. They need to keep making music. They need to tell us the next time they're in Nashville. This is my favorite band, <laughs> Yeah, we'll come out. So we yep, asked them our yep, last... Oh, I got to hear what they said about this now. Oh, yeah. So we asked them the last question, which is, what music service is not currently offered now that should be to indie music artists? Okay. So I'm going to give you all this idea for free. Um, so somebody needs to create an app that streamlines the booking process for both talent buyers and bands and somehow convince the entire music industry to just use their app. I think it was Sonic Bids in like the early 2000s created a platform where bands could create electronic press kits and then send them to festivals or different performance opportunities. And they may have been kind of ahead of their time. And, you know, the rest of the Internet wasn't really ready to play that game. I think we could use blockchain or some other kind of data amalgamating situation to track people's actual ticket sales in different markets and then it could be like a dating app where if you want to play at a venue you know how on a dating app if you both swipe right then you get to talk to the person it would be like if it's a 700 capacity venue and your draw in that city is a hundred people you can't even message that venue we just cut all of those extra emails out right there. And then, but in terms of giving opportunities to up and coming artists, you could look at data around um, fan overlap. You know, if there's a huge artist like Taylor Swift coming to a city and they look at the streaming data and all the Swifties are streaming swimwear department, then we automatically get a call from the talent buyer or from Taylor Swift's agent, and they're like, hey, we see that lots of people that like Taylor Swift in Houston are really liking swimwear department, so why don't y'all come open for Taylor Swift? So it would streamline communication, adding bands to bills. They could streamline payment negotiation and even come up with like an algorithm that's based on how many fans are actually showing up just to hear you make all that stuff a little more transparent and upfront and fair. We've got so much data and yet we're still just doing this clunky system where we send terse emails back and forth with talent buyers. Eh. <laughs> He's not wrong though. Like the data it's is very, the key smart. is, is yeah. the key to all of it. And we've talked about this even in like past webinars that we've done about you have to have the data in order to really back it up and even having the data doesn't always mean it's going to happen so i think the most interesting part about what he had to say was this idea that he's going to create something that screens the emails for the buyers they might be interested in that they might get on a platform that was uh with people that had confirmed followings right. that would come and you know not even I mean, confirmed following, confirmed ticket sales, which I think is probably well, that's the, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. like the, which is the biggest thing I think that you could probably get in an area. 
most buyers just want a full house yeah. so that they can sell $10,000 worth of alcohol. Right. That's, I mean, that's I think what it's, most buyers want. It's smart, though. Instead of having the artist try to get in front of the buyer saying, we could sell this out based off of this, this, and this, if there was just some place that housed all that data and, like, the talent buyer could just swipe based off of, you know, how many ticket sales have been here, you know, over the past year or so, that would help everyone out. Yeah. I don't know enough about it. Uh, you know, my feeling is that it's very difficult to break into or to create a little network. You kind of have to be liked by the person that books the club. And so I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much data they use. They might just be booking their friends in there, you know. But I'll tell you, I think this is the first episode that we were upstaged by the, the band. We were. <laughs> like, you know, like, we think we're kind of good and then we do the band, but this guy, because I think our, our, our rap was boring. Yeah. These guys are funny. They, they should have the podcast. Well, we need to have them on again quickly. Uh, yeah, soon. I love these guys. They said they were ska fans. I'll, I'll even I'll find a track that exists out there that's 40 years old of Go Jimmy Dub, <laughs> my imaginary band. Yeah, Why don't we have them back on when the poolest of them all comes out and we'll feature all the new songs? There you go. You know how we have the bowling party every year for Christmas? Mm -hmm. Maybe this summer we could have a pool party. (laughs) With with the swimwear department. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. go. All right, you know what to to do now. Get us out of here. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the 9420 podcast. Make sure that you listen all the way through because we have one more song by the swimwear department called Mauled to Death. (laughs) (laughs) For everything that we spoke about in this episode, you can go to our website, which is 9420.com. That is the numbers 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y. Until next time, we'll talk to y'all later. And now let's see just how shopping can be fun. Real fun at this modern and convenient shopping center.
commit them all to the earth from which it came. Broken skylights, crushed terrazzo tile, ashes to ashes, and dust. <laughs> 